Yo, what is up? Welcome back to the Heat Check Podcast. It is Trooper. And it's your boy, Woo. And today we're doing our numbers 89 through 80 best players going into the 2022 season for the NBA. Obviously, we already came out with 100 through 90. So go listen to that one. It's obviously a 10-part series, so it will not be too long of a podcast. But yeah, we're going to get into the this 89 to 90 range, or 89 to 80 range. Sorry, yep. so Payne, you want to start us off with number 89? Yep. With uh, number 89, we have Harrison Barnes. Um, plays for the... Uh, the uh, Sacramento Kings. Mm-hmm. Um, he ranked in the 93rd percentile last year and adjusted drives per 75. He's, he's honestly, he's a solid player. I mean, he's coming. I, I'm pretty sure he was injured a little bit last year. Yeah, he was a little but bit. But he, he uh, he's flown under the radar. You know, he's a guy who's still averaging 16 points. You know, uh, six assists. He's sh- he's pretty efficient from the field. Shoots 47 percent and he shoots 39 percent from from three. So that's the type of guy you want on your team. He's a nice wing and he's he's kind of like you know a solid scorer as well. And he can. He's he's just flown under the radar these past couple of seasons, but he's still got a uh, um, some game to him, you know. So yeah, I think the real reason he gets hate is because of uh, how he stole money from the Warriors, yeah. or he just kind of sucked. Yeah, and then um, was just like the last person to lead the dynasty. Um, but yeah, he's a still solid player. I don't see him playing for many more years. Um, like so for him to be on this list next year, maybe not. He's only I would say he's only got like two or three years I mean, left. He's around, he's around that 29 to 30 age range. So he's mm-hmm. like right there where he's like still like at either the back end or maybe even in the middle of his prime or yeah. like, you know, the definitely, type the, of prime definitely the back end. Right, right. So and, and he um, went to uh, North, UNC. Yeah, North Carolina. Okay. That's what I thought. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, still, still, solid still very solid. And uh, I think he's very deserving to be at the, be in the top 100 and at this 89. He's spot. on Sacramento, so no one thinks about it. Anymore, right, so. exactly. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like the deer and fox effect. But Exactly. But. So moving on to number 88, we have our boy Josh Giddy yep. of the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, I actually don't remember where did Josh – he's from Australia, correct? Yep. Same league that Lamella was in or – He may have been. Um, Could be different. I'm not, I'm not exactly positive. I'm like but- – I'm going to go 83% sure he was. I like that number. <laughs> no, but yeah, he is from Australia. Josh Giddy is yeah. definitely an unorthodox player. He's not exactly the greatest defensive player, um, but he's a fantastic passer mm-hmm. and definitely a guy with a ton of upside that I would love to keep watching on the Thunder team. Yeah, I mean, he's a bigger guard. You know, his vision is what, you know, makes him so special. His he gets play- boards too. Yeah, his playmaking is unbelievable. And just I'm ready to see him and Chet um, this next year. You know, I mean, in his rookie. <laughs> I can't believe you just said that, Payne. Oh, not Chet. I'm tripping. Yeah, Chet. Rip. As we know, he's uh, he's breaking news as of this morning. But in the in the uh, next two years, right in the summer league, uh, both of them as a duo were looked absolutely exactly. uh, fantastic in the pick and roll. And you know, Giddy was really able to showcase not only his playmaking ability, but he's he's an improved driver. He, he's 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 gotten a lot better at uh, getting to the rim. He's gotten stronger. Just the only flaw in his game, really offensively is just his three-point shot needs to get mm-hmm. a little bit better, a little bit more consistent. But his dribbling and the way he's uh, able to create shots now off the dribble and getting to the basket has uh, has gotten a lot better. So uh, big things to come with, with Giddy And also just being paired in the backcourt along Shea, alongside Shea is going to be really nice too because it'll, you know, he'll be able to play making free, free open shots for, uh, for uh, Alexander and then, and then likewise Shea for uh, Giddy. So that's going to be fun to watch and, they're both really young, so mm-hmm. um, it just sucks that Chet literally just got hurt. Yeah, yeah, it, to- it totally slipped my mind. It's a super sad. exciting trio to I watch. Know. Yeah. So moving on to the number eighty-eight spot, we have. Oh no, would it be? Yeah, 87, 87, 87, 87, 87 Sorry, yeah. we have our boy Wendell Carter Jr. of the Orlando Magic. Yep. 
Um, yeah, Wendell, he's a solid big man. Definitely flies under the radar, kind of similar to the Harrison Barnes effect where small market team like the Magic and the Kings, yeah. you don't really care about their players. And why would you? Because their teams suck and they never do anything. But Wendell puts up steady numbers. I mean, he's averaged 15 points, uh, 2.8 assists, 10 and a half boards. I mean, solid numbers. And he, he's an undersized big man at that. So yeah. the fact that he's getting that many rebounds really shows he, he is a tough guy. Right, right. And and I'm with you on this about the whole small small market thing and how that kind of overshadows how good of a player you are. Mm-hmm. Um, I've uh, I've said this for a little while now. I, I think Wendell Carter is just as good as DeAndre Ayton. They're just wow. in, they're just in whoa um whoa obviously I didn't put that nice in one. my list nice one. but because I also had a factor in situation and what they've accomplished and all that but talent wise talent wise I think Wendell Carter if he was in the right situation like the Suns um I think people would look at him a lot differently mm. and put him in that Aiton tier um I, I could be totally I could be totally off but he 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 could very well be um the Magic's best player this next year he just there's not a lot of film on him not. Not, there's not a lot of people watching him because he plays for the Magic, but you know he's he's a really solid player. You know he shot 33% from three um, as a big man, shot 53% from the field, like you said, averaged 15 and 11 um, with the boards being rounded up. Um, so uh, yeah, very nice player, and uh, I think big things are are yet to come because he's still really young as well. So. He will definitely be on this list in the future. Yep, for sure. So moving on to number 86, we have Buddy Heald. Who does not love Buddy Hill? I mean, the fact that Buddy Hill just low is a little bit makes me a little upset, but I think it's valid just because, I mean, B- Buddy's a consistent shooter, but yeah. he's never really been on a winning team enough for us to see him in clutch moments. So I feel like that's the reason he's still a little bit lower on this list. Yeah, I mean, being on the Pacers is going to be really is is really nice for him, um, especially with Tyrese Halliburton in the backcourt. You know, with Halliburton's playmaking and being and and able to like you know. Um, make nice passes and open up the court for uh, Buddy's mm-hmm. going to be nice because Buddy's this guy who can Spot really up. space the floor. Yeah. And then you insert Matherin into that offense where he's a guy who likes to Benedict. Who, yeah, Benedict. Um, he likes to get uh, get downhill and attack the uh, attack the basket with with Buddy spacing and Tyrese's uh, playmaking. That trio in the in the backcourt could be really nice. Um, Agreed. But uh, yeah, Buddy should definitely be here. He's you know top five three point shooter in the league. Someone who could easily go up on this list by right. a drastic amount if he yeah. if he gets his stuff together. I think he has a very high upside, so that's why yeah. I was just saying he's a little low in my opinion. And his playmaking flies a little bit under the radar too because mm-hmm. his his dribble has has definitely improved and and just being able to attack guys off the dribble and then just kick out to uh, to guys on the wings and stuff. He's been doing a lot more of that as his uh, career has gone on. So he's he's definitely developed other areas of his game. So. Moving on to the number 85 spot, we have Sadiq Bey. Sadiq Bey, let, let him know about Sadiq. Um, well, he's a 6'7 forward. He's great at generating offensive rebounds. He averaged 16 points, uh, five and a half boards, and three assists last year. Uh, one fall, he's only shooting um, 40% from the field, which isn't great. Shot 35% from three. Um, solid for a big he's, man. He's honestly, he's, he's actually a, a solid uh, spot-up shooter whenever you compare him to like other small forwards at his position. So, mm-hmm. so his, his shooting is definitely um, improving. He's a guy who I already said, he's a great offensive rebounder. He's great at being able to cut off of a pass and get to the rim off of that. Um, so he's really, he's really good at doing that. And he's also just a really nice defender as well. So he's a guy who's really going to, he's going to look good um, playing, playing alongside Cade because Cade's playmaking is really going to open up a lot 
lot of things for him, especially off of like down screens and then him cutting off of those and just getting to the rim. Mm-hmm. He does that really well, and he's got a lot of size. So it's and his defense is right. really what keeps him like getting minutes. Right. Obviously, offensively, he's not terrible, but he doesn't have exactly a very elaborate package. Yeah. So <clears throat> he definitely has to rely more on his defense and his size, which I think he uses very well. So he's like a guy who I wouldn't say has the most skill, but has a lot of grit and toughness. Is the reason he's on this top 100 list. Creates a lot of difficult matchups for sure, both mm-hmm. two-way-wise. So. Exactly. Now, moving on to the number 84 spot, we have our boy D'Angelo Russell. Now, D'Angelo, if we would have made this list like three years ago, we would have been expecting him to be top 50. So for him to be this low, I mean, it's definitely realistic to what he is yeah. now, but it's sad to see that he's kind of dropped this low, wouldn't you say, in a way? Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. I mean, D'Lo, you know, starting off, he had such a promising future, and he's turned into a solid player. Solid and role he's, player. He's a solid starter, solid role player. You know, he's a guy who's – I think he's in the perfect system with Anthony Edwards now. you got Cat exactly. and Gobert. You've got a lot of great players to uh, work alongside. And, you know, the best thing about D'Lo is his playmaking. So, you know, when you have a great scorer at the two, um, and then you have – guys down low who can set really good picks and pop off of that if you're cat or great screening talent and um with go bear uh mm-hmm. then that, that's always going to help and uh in Delo he's going to be able to work well off of that he's you know averaged 18 7 and 3 last year shot 41 and 34 splits um so the big thing is is if is if can his efficiency numbers just go up you know he's still some relatively young he's like i think he's around like 28 29 mm-hmm. so he's still got a lot of years left in him um, and playing, and I think he's going to be he's going to be just fine in this T Wolves off um, offense. He, fit, he so he fits very well there. I think yeah, he's sure. very well because he doesn't have to be the number one guy, and I think no. that was something that he couldn't handle. So he is definitely coming into his own, but just a little bit later on than we expected. Yes, yeah, yeah, for sure. So moving on to number eighty three spot, we have the Dorcher Chamber, Dorcher. Lou Dort, the best defensive player on this list. Period. I'm just kidding, but he <laughs> realistically could be at some yeah. point, but he is. Lou Dort is just an absolute funny player. He looks unorthodox sometimes. He can't really dribble at times, but his game has developed a ton. He is, like I said, actually an elite defender, yeah. which is why he's gotten so much respect and has gotten him all his minutes. Um, yeah, he's, he's developed his game. I mean, he averages 17 points now. That was never a thought just a few years right. ago. And, yeah, he's just fully evolved as a player and definitely has more to come. Yeah, I mean, everybody looked at Dort as being, you know, this – three and D type of guy. And he mm-hmm. never really had a great three point shot during that time. Just his pretty his, terrible. Actually. Yeah. His impact defensively is like, you know, what made him, you know, you know, so impactful obviously, but you know, over the past couple of years, he's really worked on his game. He ranked in the 82nd percentile and pull up three point percentage this past year. So he's growing as a three point shooter. And also as a scorer, like Chandler said, he averaged 17 this past year, but he also ranked in the, like the 92nd percentile, I think in, in drives per like 75 possessions. So that's also going up and you like to see like a lot of volume there um, because it shows that one, you're improving offensively and, uh, and, and, and uh, yeah. So, I mean, a lot of, a lot of the parts of his game are definitely improving and lots uh, of upside. Yeah, lots of upside. And he's still really young. Um, and he works perfect with this uh with this Thunder Court. So mm-hmm. moving on to the number eighty two spot, we have Keldon Johnson. Keldon, I mean, he's out of US UNC, correct? Am I wrong on that? Keldon, I'm I'm not too positive. I don't Hold know up. exactly where he went. You may be thinking of Cam Johnson. You are right. But I really want to know because most of the guys we've been talking about, I do know where they went to school, but I do not. Um, you have any other guesses, Payne? 
Kentucky. Oh, Kentucky. Different, different color of blue makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, but Kelton has definitely evolved in this game, averaging 17 points. Definitely not something I saw from him because he wasn't exactly a high pick. But yeah. <clears throat> definitely has evolved in his role. I mean, shooting practically 40% from three is insane from a guy his yeah. age. So just shows he's grown as a player. For sure. I think, think solid spot on this list and definitely will be on it soon. More as the list goes on. Yeah, for sure. And I think I think also with DeJounte going to the Hawks now, I think um, mm-hmm. this it's puts Kelton Johnson in a perfect position because he's going to be their best player. Um, you know, Just kind of crazy to say he's already a team's best player. Right, right. And, and there's not a whole lot of people in the NBA community really pay attention to Kelton, I don't think. You know, he's kind of – Because no one watches this. Sports. Right, exactly. Exactly. He's in one of those situations kind of like Wendell Carter and – and uh Harrison yeah and Harrison and but this is a guy who's great at getting to the rim he's very versatile he can um he's great on both sides of the ball he's great from the corner on three point wise and he's underrated playmaker um so there's a lot of good things to come you know he's already very efficient at such a young age which is really nice to see so I think just his scoring production is going to improve with with more volume of opportunities with with Dejounte being gone. So yeah, 100% uh, I agree. I expect uh, big things from Kelden in the future for sure. And he's in the last few years of pop, so right. So can all those juices exactly. become a good player? Exactly. Now moving on to the number eighty-one spot, we have Payne's favorite player of all time, Norman Powell. I'm just kidding. Payne does not love Norman Powell anymore, but he used to. Norman is an absolute dog, still averaging nineteen points. Used to be an amazing blazer, yeah. But Payne, Payne no longer has the same amount of love for Norman anymore. I don't, I don't. He was, you know, he was a great player. You know, he averaged nineteen, um, two and three. He shot forty six and forty one splits, and he's actually one in nine guys out of these hundred who at least averaged fifteen points per game and shot forty five and forty percent um, from the field or better. Wow. So you know, he's got the efficiency there, and he was known efficient, Norman. Yeah, and he was. He, he was really hyped up for his defense. Um, that's like one of the big things that he – one of the big storylines you heard about Norman whenever he was playing for the Blazers is he's going to be a difference maker defensively. And he is a very solid defensive player, but guarding a wing is really hard to do when, you know, you're lacking size. He's, he's more of a guy who's like – who can really guard, you know, the one or the two more so than the three or the four. And that's just what we were asking Norman to do was guard the three and the four. So, so – a lot of the times, you know, he would get scored on a good bit and his defense didn't look that great, but relative to like who he was guarding, um, um, that you had to factor that in, you know, but like if he's guarding the point guard or the shooting guard, he does just fine. He's a, he's a menace defensively there. Um, but yeah, and he's also a great, uh, catch and shoot three point, um, three point guy, you know, you ranked in the 93rd percentile in catch and shoot three point percentage last year. And he's also great at attacking the rim off of the wing pass. Sort of the same thing that Sadiq Bey does so well, um, but I feel like uh, Norman uses a little bit more of of like um, uses a little bit more of his like dribbling skills more though than, than Sadiq. Oh, 100%. Sadiq, Sadiq uses more of his length and his athleticism. You know, uh, Norman has a little bit more of a bag per mm-hmm. se. Um, oh, way more. As, of a bag. Yeah, exactly. Way more. Yes. It, it, as far as like getting the ball off of a wing pass and cutting to the rim. He can, do, he can just do a little bit more, whether it's footwork, whether it's dribbling, whatever it is. Um, he just has a little bit more in his bag. But, uh, yeah, so. Norman's a very solid player, and, and I definitely think he, he could have been higher on this yeah, list. Yeah, I was about to in, say the same thing. Yeah, in years past or yeah. in coming years. Right. But at, at this point in his career and how trades have gone, he kind of – he levels out at the 81 spot. I, th- right. I think that's a very 
Packers. Spot His opportunity is going to go down too. Playing, exactly. Playing he, with the Clippers. He and, had bigger chances in the past and yeah. kind of let him pass him by. Um, at least with the Blazers. I mean, with the Raptors, he's in sort of the same position as far as opportunity goes because he was young then. He wasn't playing alongside as good as the players as he is now. Yeah. Just it, it all kind of like work, filters and works itself out the same way. Mm-hmm. But his best opportunity was definitely with the Blazers, though. For but, sure. Now, moving on to the final guy of this list and definitely the coolest guy on this list, we have Bobby Portis, straight from Arkansas, Milwaukee boy. Boy has the bug eyes. He reminds Chandler of himself. Exactly. Bobby Portis kind of plays like me. No real – Skills, just, you know, getting some boards and hitting some threes yeah. here and there. But, yeah, Bobby somehow averages 15 points, um, shooting 40% from three. No one knows how it happened. He is an absolute miracle. When he was on the Bulls, <laughs> I did not think he was going to be solid. Yeah. Um, and then, boom, this just happened. So, yeah. you know, Bobby Portis, Milwaukee is his, like, the most perfect place for him. Right. Somehow playing alongside Giannis and Drew Holiday makes him play two billion times better. And, yeah, he's just an absolute vibes guy that – yeah, it has cracked top 100 now, and I don't even know how. And and when he the, plays defense, yeah. And one of the most valuable things about about Bobby is like, is like you get this guy for so cheap too. Like I think it's like no money. His contract was like nine million over two years. They were getting him for four and a half million a year. Um, like that's exactly. amazing for like what he brings to the table. Like you just said, he, I mean, he averages 15 and nine, and he's shooting 40 percent from three. And you he know, doesn't even have any like exactly. true bag. And and he, he's just a great interior defender who can stretch the four for you and can do a lot of things, whether it's screening and rolling. And he can even screen and pop, um, obviously. So, I mean, you know, he's just a really nice two-way player who's who's creates a lot of ma- uh, creates a lot of difficult matchups with his mm-hmm. size, too, because he's like, you know, just being able to shoot the three ball like that and stretch the floor and then combining size with that and all these other things that he's so skilled at rather than like actually having a bag and creating like – for himself, yeah. it, it makes him very valuable. Very solid role player yeah. who knows his role. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, just to recap our list, 89 through 80, we have Harrison Barnes, Josh Giddy, Window Carter Jr., Buddy Hield, Sadiq Bay, D'Angelo Russell, Lou Dort, Keldon Johnson, Norman Powell, and wrapping it up at the 80 spot, like we said, Bobby Portis. Thank you guys for listening. We will be dropping 79 – or, uh, sorry, 80 – yeah, 79 through 70 – in the next coming week or so. Yep. So be on the lookout for that. And obviously all of our other NFL and college football podcasts. So make sure to look out for those. Thank you all for listening. Uh, follow us on Instagram at the Heat Tech Podcast. And peace. Peace.